We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spanauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. As we get pretty close to the combine, as a matter of fact, as many of you are listening to this, the 40-yard dash might be happening for some players. But we're going to actually give you some of our initial takes on the draft, whether that be a breakdown of a specific player or just how we feel about a position group as a whole. That'll be what today's episode encompasses mostly. But before we get into that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm good. I am on a very relaxing, stress-free vacation, or at least I was until I saw a video of some old man slandering my good friend Matthew Sponauer. <laughs> so mad I had to whip out the phone on my walk home from the beach. Or not even that I wasn't at the beach. You ruined he ruined vacation. vacation. It means a lot. Um <laughs> that guy is hilarious, man. <laughs> and the comments on the video you made. I don't know if you saw them all, but they're killing me, man. Um a lot of them are funny. Some of them are like he's just he just has a different take than you man and you're attacking him it's like a lot of people have a different take than me i'm only mad at this guy because he's a dick his his profile picture is like i'm not for everyone it's like yeah because you're probably not for most people because you're fucking he i saw i saw he said something mean about nico unprompted and i'm afraid that's that's fighting words there's to be fair, who has Nico, who has man. beef with Nico? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think I did maybe start all of this because I got tagged in his video initially on Richardson, and he's like, "Richardson is terrible," and I have proof. And then he just like 
scrolled through all the box scores on ESPN, and I think I was like, "This is incredible work, man." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you didn't start it. I kind of thought you started it. Regardless, so so it may have been my fault. It may have been my fault, but um, he also said that JSN was like wide receiver but, seven, but he's high on Ivan Pace. So he does get a pass. I'm afraid is he? he's still my friend. <laughs> okay, but outside of that, so. Then I'll I'll delete the video. Then I'll. <laughs> he said I'll delete because Cincinnati players never I, they never um, miss. As long as, but he doesn't like the Ohio State players, so he's he's on he's on thin ice right now. It seems like his his and what the comments are telling me because I have not watched enough of his videos to know all the lore. But his shtick seems to be he likes not only players of maybe a certain. <laughs> complexion, <laughs> but ones from also like very small schools and like Why? just. I just I don't, don't want know, him to be mean to, to, mean to guess, poor but. old Nico. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> but I'm I'm having a pretty good day yes. too. The weather's good here. Probably not as good as it is in Florida, but I'm rocking the t-shirt and the shorts. Um, I'm starting to get I warmer. The more, the farther you get into winter, the more and more I feel that anyone who thinks winter is a better season than summer is just a lunatic. I, I can't imagine how you could possibly <laughs> think that. I mean, seasonal depression's a thing for a reason. It's that bad. So, the only <laughs> people who think that are from like the deep south or Arizona, where they like winter is really nice and summer is just ass. But if you are in a seasonal place. Yeah. Like, bro, <laughs> scraping you I sentence you to scrape ice off your car every <laughs> every day for four months. Yeah, I um, mean I'll I'll take I'll take a week yeah, of like cool. ninety to a hundred over a week of like thirty to twenty. Every day of the week, man. It's not even oh, a yeah. question. But yeah. Outside of that I haven't done much today. Not even close. It's like seventy degrees here at night. I like I walk out, it's like one in the morning and it's just like gorgeous outside. Making me mad. Doesn't matter what time of day. I just do that's why I'm even up at one, just so I can go do that and just experience it for That's why I love like when we're when we whenever we go to Vegas and we're just like we're just chilling and you can just walk around at night. And it's like 75 degrees. And I'm like, well, when we're there in Vegas, we have to walk around at night. Cause it was like, and it's, that's, I blame that for my plane. There's, There's no, no clouds. clouds and I blame that for ever. my plane nosebleed that happened on that trip. And it was, that was horrible. Man. That's right. That did happen. I remember being on the, on the tarmac for like 30 minutes. And like the pain was just like, the plane was just boiling. We do it pretty well in Vegas, though, because we just Uber everywhere. So we get in cars yeah. that are already like air conditioned and everything. So it's pretty nice. But anyway, that's enough about yeah. our weather report. <laughs> that's enough about the stay hot. Stay hot's take on staying hot. That's true. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a little bit of news to touch on. What? Wait, what's I don't know how Rico could ever say this podcast <laughs> was boring. <laughs> did, he, did he say that we're boring? Yes. I don't know how he could think that. We just gave a very in-depth, in-depth review on. We are not helping. We are not helping. Our bro kids. might be. Bro might be right. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to tell the story about how my sister called me to ask a question about her math homework. <laughs> he was dead on, I fear. 
<laughs> he, had, he got he one thing right. <laughs> it's that we're boring as hell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, some news to hit right off the bat. Um, there's two guys we need to talk about. First is John Morant. All right. The Bleacher Report uh, tweet says that he is alleged for um, punching a 17-year-old 12 to 13 times, which is oddly specific, and then flashing a gun at him. I I mean, this is just bonkers to me. And then the chalkboard was saying that he got suspended, but it looks like they, have, they may have fallen victim to... Uh, to a fake tweet. The chalkboard would never <laughs> spread misinformation on purpose. That's for sure. Never, never. Yeah, are we, are we mean, at 5,000 yet, Theo? Are we at 5,000? I, I don't think so. I'm I haven't check checked right. recently, but right. yeah, with jaw, no, I mean, he, I have no good explanation for why he is acting this way, man. I, I, it's lunatic behavior to have, everything that a person needs like money and you know fame he's playing basketball for a living and he's still just putting it seemingly at jeopardy like pretty often these days i know the pacers bus story came out where he like allegedly flashed a gun at their at their team bus and he's lucky that he didn't get kicked out of league for that honestly yeah and just like beating up kids to this was during a pickup basketball game last summer for no good reason, I guess, just to appear tough or to appear that he won't take shit or, but it's like, well, what are you doing? Like, no one thinks that's cool beating up like a 17 year old. Like yeah. I, I truly hope that he like grows up honestly. Cause I don't think that this is mature behavior in any type of way it's just stupid and reckless and yeah i went and read some of the article apparently he says that he hit him in the head with a basketball but the kid says that uh it was an accident and so and so regardless even if he did hit him in that i don't care if he threw that basketball at his head as hard as he could like that's it's you walk away you see those those people on twitter who are like me personally if i was in that situation i would i wouldn't let that slide it's like Actually, in real life, it's not worth it. Actually, in real life, you should just let it go. Um, let it slide. I, I don't yeah. know. I, we don't. I, I guess I, I don't know all the details of all of these events, and I don't want to speak too strongly on it. When obviously it hasn't been like prosecuted for it or anything, but it seems like unforced errors, and you got to just chill out and not do this stuff. I don't have too much of a take on it other than that. But like, dude. Yeah, chill out. It's not a a good idea. Take to have on the situation. Yeah, Mm. I, I don't know, man. It's it's a tough thing to have a take on. I would guess that the NBA probably doesn't suspend him unless of like footage. Yeah. If footage leaks, they'd suspend him. If it doesn't, they probably won't. I think is probably my take on this. Yeah. I think that's this fair. happened a little while ago too, right? It wasn't just just recently. Or am I wrong? No. Okay, well, it's then, from last summer. Anything? I don't even know why it's making rounds now. Then, so apparently, te- the teenager told detectives. Detectives. 
that Morant went to his house and there was like a gun Jesus, in his waistband that he was showing. But that wasn't like, but he didn't initially report that. That's a real bad idea to do that stuff. That's all I got to say about thing. it. Yeah, and yeah. it's a recurring pattern of behavior now. Like, you could say, I doubt this, or I doubt the Pacers' story, but it's like, why does Ja keep finding himself getting accused of these things, dude? Like, it's pretty clear to me. Like, I, I think that when things like this get, re- get reported, I do think where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't think people are just completely like, oh, I know. I'm just going to make up some grand story, especially the Pacers thing. Like we're talking about the actual like NBA team, right? Like they're not just, they have no reason to just make something like that up. I would, I would think. And now it's been backed up multiple times that he's like threatening and and posturing and over stuff that doesn't matter at all. (laughs) You know, I threw a basketball at his head. They kicked my friend out of the arena. Like these things are not worth your staking your career on. Or risking right. your career for so again it's it chill out and grow up i guess is what i'd say but yeah i don't have a totally strong take on this the other news would then be jalen carter who could potentially have a misdemeanor on his hands for reckless driving and even though the initial report looked worse i don't i don't think it'll end up affecting his draft stock too, yeah, media media literacy was kicking NFL Twitter's ass earlier this morning with the Jalen Carter stuff. They're like, it's because it kind of sounded like he was the driver in a crash that killed people. Right. Is like that what was, initially people were acting like happened. Um, but that the actual facts of the case are that he seemed to be racing or driving recklessly. And then in the other car that was with him, the the driver was drunk and going like 100 miles an hour. And then they crashed and they unfortunately passed away. And then right. Carter initially said, like, I wasn't anywhere near it. And he apparently was. And so now there's an arrest warrant out for him. They're going to bring him back and maybe try to get this thing, like, totally hammer out what these details are right look like drag racing is completely idiotic like racing on public roads is so fucking stupid like you're just so selfish and you're basically okay with the fact that you might just kill an innocent person on the road when you drive like that it's mind-knowingly dumb i just don't understand how people do it i don't understand so I think that definitely does speak poorly on Carter. Like he, if, if this is true and I know he put on a story, like I will be exonerated at this. None of this is true, but you know, who knows, but working with the, like what the detectives and what the conclusions seem to be right now from the, from the police reports or whatever, like that is an idiotic thing to be doing. But in terms of how it affects his draft stock, I just can't imagine a misdemeanor reckless driving charge is going to do much to, a guy who is like very clearly the best prospect in this draft. Like that's just yeah. the way yeah, it and is. We, we were talking a little bit before about how this has a lot of time to get the rest of the de- uh, rest of the details on it. Like it, we're months out from the draft right now. So we'll probably know everything there is to know by the time selections are actually being made. 
Um, whereas with like we were talking about a Laramie Tunsil where something happens on draft night and all of a sudden you get nervous, this is a little bit different. So it's definitely something to monitor a little bit, but I, I agree that it's probably not going to may, mean that your team drafting in the mid-teens is all of a sudden got a shot at Jalen Carter or anything. <laughs> right, because he made like a stupid, like idiotic decision but like if you can say oh man this just killed two people that i know like you probably i would hope would learn from that and not make that mistake in the future and if you're like overall because it seems like his teammates will go to bat for him as like a player and as a person and as a teammate like he's not not a hard worker like going forward in the locker room he he seems fine and all that like it's not like this is a recurring problem it seems like not to defend it but like that's what teams would care about more probably than like one mistake like oh he got a misdemeanor one time he was involved in this unfortunate accident like he learned a lesson and like he probably won't do that again like if if that's if teams can talk themselves into that they'll pick him high and I think that it's what I would think what I would think would happen, happen is, you know, at the combine and as we do draft interviews, right, teams are just going to ask him about it. Right. I think right. that's what ha- he will just get questioned about it and how he answers that will determine, you know, how he goes in the draft. I'm talking to, you know, someone that, you know, a coworker from, you know, my internship and I just signed their full time for after I graduate. But I was talking, he's a Bears fan and he lives in Chicago. And he's talking about like, you know, that, that's a, that he's like, if they take Will Anderson, then I know that Jalen Carter did not respond well to questioning about this very topic. And I yeah. think, I think that's probably where most people will stand on this, right? It's like, if he doesn't answer questions well, if he gets too defensive, if he's not really willing, really willing to take responsibility for it, then then he could fall. It makes this important. It, it makes this weekend very important. Absolutely. And the timing of it is so weird, like that it would drop now, like right before all these teams are about to interview. And I think people have known about it for a while because Todd McShay a while ago reported that, like, oh, there's character concerns with Carter. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, everyone has glowing things to say about him. He. He helped pay for his teammates' lunches and meals and whatnot. Like, this guy's great. But obviously, McShay knew something. Obviously, McShay knew something about it. So, right. it was out. It was probably this. Now, I guess I'm. this is hearsay and speculating and everything else. But I. it's clearly someone knew something, I think. And I think that teams i know they said like we're completely surprised by this this is the first we're hearing of it but i think that teams may have known a little bit more than they're letting on so we're not in the room we can't interview him i guess but it it will be extremely important that he that he can answer for this i guess but yeah i don't know at the end of the day i i still probably would mock him high based on everything i know right now which is probably what people care the most about right but yeah the weekend will will, there might be a lot there could be a lot of change up we'll see how it goes 
This episode of Stay Hot is brought to you by our good friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Now, if you're like me trying to eat healthy on a college student's budget, look no further than HelloFresh. Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh's latest line of meals, featuring robust flavors and filling portions ready in less than 15 minutes. You'll love just how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. And with ingredients that have traveled from the farm to your table in less than seven days, you know HelloFresh is hooking you up with ingredients more fresh than a Joe Burrow pregame fit. I love HelloFresh. My family loves HelloFresh. We at Stay Hot. We all love whipping it up in the kitchen. So go on over to HelloFresh.com slash StayHot65 and use the code StayHot65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash StayHot65 and use the code StayHot65 for 65% off plus free shipping and get HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. But as far as actual discussions about the draft, you know, we're, we're going into just, just like gen- generic takes, I feel like is kind of where we're leaning towards this. If you have a player that you really like, you know, Theo, I know you're a big Nolan Smith fan, but you've talked about him a little bit. Maybe you bring up someone else today. Uh, Matt, maybe you're really high on, I don't know, the tight ends. <laughs> and you want to talk about just some them. initial thoughts, just kind of yeah. not even a structured podcast, but just kind of spitballing and, and bouncing ideas off of each other about some of our initial thoughts before yeah. the combine and, and whatnot yeah. for this one. Not really a specific position group or theme throughout the episode, just talking about the draft. Yeah, just shooting the shit with my guys, you know? That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, Matt. What's uh? What what's your first? What 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 I'm are you feeling, feeling right that now? I, I kind of am a little. I am kind of out on Levis, and I've been a Levis defender really? because so many people are like, I don't understand why any team would think about drafting him any higher than like the fourth round on Twitter. And I'm like, well, hold on, they're not that crazy. I really, really, <laughs> really, really think the pocket presence stuff is a killer. That's one of my, you know, I'd not to say that I have some genius draft strategy when it comes to quarterback. But the big three things to me are arm strength, mobility, and pocket presence that are really hard to teach. And Levis's was so bad with Kentucky. And there's so many times where he takes bad sacks and it, it shows up on tape. That is something that makes me really, really nervous. Now, maybe you've seen with Burrow, he did a better job this year of not taking bad sacks. So maybe it is something you can improve on more so. But when, as somebody who who's a fan of a team that needs a quarterback, I'm I'm really nervous about the Panthers getting him and that still being a problem. I think the best example of a guy with like good traits but bad pocket presence is Daniel Jones. And you know you can say, well, Daniel Jones kind of figured he, he's gotten a little bit better at the pocket management thing. But it took him four years. Yeah, he's at the end of his <laughs> right. So, so now. that's that's the thing you would you would be wanting to ask is like, are you willing to wait four years for your guy to, to finally start to turn things around in in that area? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm out on him in the first round. I, I don't think I would, but he 
is definitely concerning. I mean, he's a contact magnet, especially also not only when he is Mm -hmm. in the pocket, but also when he takes off and he scrambles, right? He's not going to make anybody like he's fast, maybe in a straight line. He's not a bad athlete, but he's not going to make anybody miss. He's not twitchy. He just absorbs contact. And that it is concerning. It it is a bit concerning. That is certainly true. And he's older. He's an older prospect. It's like if we're talking about Um, four years, it's not like he's he's going to be like, 28 you know and i'm not saying it's necessarily going to take him that long but <laughs> when you've got other things you also want to work through right. when, it, when it comes to a richardson i feel like he's younger he only played one season which is maybe a negative but i kind of when we're talking about a project guy i think that's kind of a positive that he didn't play three seasons and he's still at this point and he, the pocket presence is there and right. I, richardson has way better tools in my opinion and on, on top of that, you feel like, okay, if we can just get the accuracy and maybe, you know, reading the field more consistently and we put good weapons around him, that probably can happen a lot quicker than I think it can for Levis. With Levis, I think that the the key is going to be, like, let's get him into a pretty good system here, which is the key with every quarterback. But right. if you could get him in a, in a Shanahan system, he's got the quick release. I don't think he's necessarily, like, super inaccurate. I, I think that he's got some accuracy. Um so if you can kind of take that pocket presence out of it, almost like there's going to be someone open at the top of your drop. We're going to design it that way. we got a great play caller. Then if, if you can have that, he's a good vessel to get the – he's a good vessel if someone like Kyle Shanahan is – pseudo playing quarterback mm-hmm. with the decision making you know because he's got the arm strength he's got the re- decision making and he can take off and run he might get clobbered because again he does it he just absorbs contact he gets hit yeah. <laughs> all the time um but he's a good vessel if you've got a smart coach but you've got to have like an andy reed you got to have like a, a kyle shanahan if you're gonna have like the patriots where the patriots put a lot on the quarterbacks plate like i i I don't think like that's the place where he's going to work out. So he's probably right now my my least favorite of the of the main four: Stroud, Richardson, Levison, and Young. So yeah. I I think I, I, mean, I maybe maybe Young but I do is, agree is with what you're saying. Word, and it but me. Are you out on him at nine? If he's the, the only guy left, and they tried to trade up, I'd and they take him. I will talk myself into him. There's no question about it. I'm afraid. So I, I would. I, here's here's what so I'll no, say. Not I quite. Would that's that's fair enough. That's and be fair like, enough. well, we tried. No quarter. Like I'm. I can't do it any longer, man. Um, and he does have the tools, and I do think that Reich is 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 going to put in a good system. But so you're. <laughs> You don't think it'll work, but you're down to try. I'm down to, uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm down <laughs> to roll the dice over, like, just punting on quarterback, like, just being, not being serious at quarterback. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that I'd, I would rather take Levis at nine versus, like, signing Derek Carr easily. Would you rather trade up next year's first round pick, trade up to one, take Stroud? Or Levis at nine. I would rather trade up. Okay. And I, I'll, I'll say that I would be relatively upset if any of the other guys were on the board and we took them. Uh, we took Levis over over that. Okay. But I do I I, I do get it. Okay. I, I, I think guess I, I understand, I understand I your mindset. Yeah. It's a tough one. 
I think I understand no, I, like and, where your head is at. And I, at I think least I like with with the Panthers, like if they got Levis, they, they do have a good offensive, offensive line. line. That's true. But right, the other so, thing is like if you take a lot of bad sacks, I'm picking you in the top ten. I, that makes me nervous about the creation aspect of being a quarterback. If you you got to be able to not take sacks like that if you're going to create. And if we're taking a guy that high and, and we've got to put him in a system where he can't really like, you know, he can't cook, then man, I don't know. That makes me nervous. Yeah. That's fair. Totally fair. Theo, what's on your mind right now? I think that Kalijah Camps Cansey is the Jamal Crawford. I was he's, watching him. He's the sixth man him. of the year. Yeah. <laughs> His bag is crazy. He's got the if ball don't stop was on NFL <laughs> if Twitter. Ball don't he'd stop be like, reviewed ACC defensive tackles. Oh pick. my god, they'd love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my if he gosh. was an yeah, if he was in a, a New England area scout for a team, Kalijah Cansey would be going number one overall. But sadly, he is just not a starter to me. Like he's not a first round pick to yeah, me. He's just too small. Like he's. I remember watching the Philadelphia versus 49ers game and Javon Kinlaw was in the lineup and they just comboed him and he got blown off the ball every single play. And if I was going up against Kalijah Kansi, like what is stopping me from just saying like, uh, we will be running duo on this play and then building that double team and he's getting blown out of the gap. And then I'm moving on the linebacker and I'm just running down the field. Like it, he is going to be so good in third and long, second and long, like pa- obvious passing situations. You can sub him in. He's got this crazy bag, like every pass rusher move in the book, spins, chops, rips, like maybe not a bull rush because he's pretty small, but j- he'll just break out some crazy stuff. So I, I think he's going to be able to win as a pass rusher on the next level, but it's going to be a, just a handful of snaps per game. You can't have him down there on early down. So I see him. I've seen him mocked. I think Chad Reuter had Reuter. I think is that's how you pronounce his name. On, on I think it's NFL.com had him mocked like in the top sixteen, and it's like, dude, that is he's just going to be there for him up there too. a handful of snaps yeah, every game. I- and I'm sure they do because because they're like, well, pass rushing is the most important thing, and he he's the best at that. And maybe he is. Like, I don't even disagree with that. But like, what is preventing me from just running duo again? We'll build that double team on him. Maybe he can convert to edge. But even then, like tackles are going to move him. I'll just call outside zone, and like, is he going to set a strong edge? I don't know. Like, he's we'll just see. not run defense. You need to be a good run defender to get the privilege to pass to rush the quarterback every down. And I just don't think he's going to earn that privilege. Cause, and it's not like through lack of trying. I don't think he's like necessarily like lazy at it or he's just too small. He's tiny. Like, look at him. He looks like a wide receiver. He's, yeah, he's listed at 280 so, right now. I was looking at him a little bit earlier today and I, 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 I can't help but yeah. agree. I mean, if he was any, any lighter, it would be like a Maji Sanders type situation. 280 is like the absolute floor for a college defensive tackle. You'd really think. I I think about some of these like what 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 defensive tackle in his mold as like a first round pick is, has really worked. Well, people say Donald because Donald was an undersized defender that went to Pitt, so he must be just like Kansy. But it's like Donald is right. built like a 
fucking square. Like that guy is low to the ground. He's like a badger, you know, he's just, (laughs) he's just strong. He's really, really, really strong. And he's got good leverage. He's just built like a pit bull and it's okay. And you could just look at, at and he at, trains with knives. Yeah. So. He trains with knives. <laughs> and he's just Aaron fucking Donald, dude. He's the greatest defensive player of all time. Like, I don't want to hear it. He's not like, I don't want to hear any Donald comparisons. I never want to hear a Randy Moss comparison for anyone. I don't care who they are. I don't want to hear an Aaron right. Donald comparison for Jalen Carter. Like it's, it's just irresponsible. Like no one is going to become these guys. It, it's that we're talking about. But it's the like they, they might, they might, but it's like such an unrealistic expectation to play. Right. Like something. there's surely there's some other undersized defensive tackle that with a deep bag of pass rushing moves coming out of college that you could compare this guy to. Jerry Tillery is a more likely exactly out than that. Aaron Donald. Oh, who Oban Joby is another guy I think of where it's like that's more of a pass rush specialist type interior guy. And that stuff is cool. But ultimately, unless you think that he is so strong at that weight or you think he's going to be able to put on major weight that you think he'll be able to hold his own in the run game. It, it, it definitely turns into a thing where you draft him and he he's nice. And then it comes time to re-sign them, and you're like, man, how much can we really pay a guy who can only be part of the rotation? Yeah, the Browns, the Browns let Ogan Joby go. The Bengals, you know, play him a little bit ultimately. They'd rather have DJ Reader and BJ Hill on the field. So it's like <laughs> And it's not a strong defensive tackle class, so maybe he's just so creative and and such a good pass rusher that he's up there compared to other defensive tackles. But I'd rather have Ica. So yeah. yeah, I I don't think Cancy's a first round pick. That's what I'll say. Like, he, I just don't think that you could take him in the well, first round. That's for sure. Second round, like, it depends on who else is on the board, I guess. Because you know, if there's there's really not that many people who have like very high grades on the, in this class. To be completely honest with you, but like, I I wouldn't even feel good about him. Like, really good about oh, like yeah, we just got a really good starter with Cancy in the second round. Yeah. It might be like, okay, like later second round, day three, it's like, okay, we got a really good, like a really good backup, a really good rotational guy that can pin his ears back in, in passing situations. But like, this is, to me, he's he's going to get targeted. And I don't know. I'm just not super high on him. I like watching him, but I'm not super high we'll on him. We'll see about him putting on weight, really. You're a hater. He's going to weigh in the combine at 300 pounds somehow and then not do any agility drills. And he's just going to be like made out of water. Same with Bryce Young. That's why he's not throwing. He's going to weigh in at the combine and then do no drills. He's going to weigh in at like 200 pounds exactly. He's going to eat like seven Panda Express plates and drink 10 liters of water right before weighing in. There, There's another defensive tackle that... I, tape like I the film isn't available yet on Caddy's cutups, so I'm not sure how good he's actually going to be. But Matt, you, when when you mentioned <laughs> the Michigan Smith. guy, I emi- he's I, another guy I wanted to talk he, about. Yeah, I I started just he's he's real well, interesting. We can't talk his about tape him. is available. I was though. just oh not not him. There's another guy. It's um. Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah, it's, uh, Jonah Tavai from, uh, San Diego State. He had like 70 pressures this year as, as a defensive, as like an interior defensive lineman. 
And I'm like, I have to watch this guy, but I, the only thing I can find is like two minute highlight reels on YouTube so far. So I need to wait to see if he's actually any good, but he may also just end up being a pass. He might be good. He might be bad. Okay. He might be good. He might be bad. But he he had a lot of pressure. I think he led all. (laughs) <laughs> that dude I might personally be off the strength of this report have a first round grade on him. <laughs> <laughs> but no I was just like I was like oh yeah, I saw this guy today. I haven't heard his name much in that He's, process yeah, it's, I'm just, I just go to like the PFF like premium stats he had yeah he led all uh, defensive linemen with 69 total pressures 12 sacks PFF gave him a 92 pass rush grade. Um, he gets after it. It looks he's like he's a future we'll, bust. I fear if he's a PFF merchant. <laughs> Look at an old PFF analytics mock draft where they're like, "We are not factoring in what we think is going to happen at all. This is just based off our grades." Well, that's, that's not that's not their full. Def- that's not the the defense. That's just the pass rushing grade. You'll see some of the craziest names ever in round one in those old drafts <laughs> yeah <laughs> you need the but, you need some of the can you need to work in some of the consensus as well but the pressure number is interesting because like pff is mm-hmm. good for for those kind of stats like right you know objective stuff like i guess pressure can be subjective but stuff like pressures and sacks and how often they're lined up in each gap and yeah he led all he led all the tackles for defensive lost. tackles in pressures sacks and qb hits yeah and that's what people pay like pff is like we and and hurries like every single pass rushing stat he leads defensive tackles and that's what pff like when they say every team uses our stats like it's true because our stats are fine it's it's like like, teams (laughs) want to know like how often guys are lined Mm -hmm. up in certain gaps and like let's see the plays from the like let's see the film from those plays and that's what pff can provide but and yeah, the opinions it's, it's and then the grades. So yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, what were you talking about with uh, Smith? From I mean, from I, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a first round draft pick. To be completely honest with you, there's only so many. At the end of the day, there's 31 teams making a selection in the first round. And while I, the more I look into this class, the more I agree with you that I don't think it's that good, uh, especially compared to last year, where <laughs> it's, it's like, oh my god, dude. Like, mm-hmm. can you? If Garrett Wilson was in this class, he'd be like a top five pick. You know, I mean, how how many of these re- receivers Easy. from last year would be like the number? You know, the number one receiver, three or four. Wilson and London, Drake, and probably London Jameson Wood, Williams, Olave. and yeah. probably Chris Olave, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 Olave it's probably ridiculous. Would be number so, one too. Um, I don't disagree with that, but I think Mazzy Smith is going to go crazy at the combine. I know he's on that freaks list. I saw that after you brought it up to me. Yeah, man, you can tell he's like 340 or something, and the quickness is really there for him. Uh, he's pretty, pretty, pretty darn good in the run game, which is weird because Michigan typically, I feel like, has undersized interior defensive linemen. Not him, though. Um, I don't know if I would consider him like a real pass rusher. He's got a bull rush move that maybe he doesn't use enough uh, where he kind of just goes like this to somebody. And if he gets hands on them before (laughs) they can get their hands on him, it's over because the power is real. And I know pro football focus has him as like, uh, you know, the the best run stopper in in college football, which I think means something in the Big Ten. Um, 
but his yeah yeah that's a his good point. his he's not totally out of it as as far as the pass rush game goes because he really is so quick for a guy his size it's really crazy to watch so i i think that you you hear about all these teams sort of late in the first round and people start, especially this year, they're starting to get into talking about like, oh, they should make like a luxury picks like the Bengals or the Bills should go like running back. I think that and maybe aren't, those aren't the two teams that are going to go defensive tackle. But I think if we're talking about luxury picks, I think it's way more likely that they avoid running back because I think I wouldn't take a running back in the first round this year. I think it's more likely if they do make a luxury picks, it's going to be tight end. Or or one of these like real big defensive tackles because I, I think that adds a little bit more value and I think it's maybe a little bit stronger of a position especially tight end. Run your pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their friends together to connect and compete. With over fifty game types for every sport you can think of, Run Your Pool is the one stop shop for sports gaming. With over two million players, there is no better place to run your bracket for your friends, family, or office. We partnered with them early in the NFL season. We ran our Survivor League through them. They're great. It's the best bracket service that there is. And in fact, Run Your Pool is giving you guys the opportunity to compete against us in our very own Stay Hot March Madness Bracket Challenge. If you can prove that you know ball better than Stay Hot, Run Your Pool is giving away cash prizes for anyone who finishes in the top five. And all you have to do is fill out your bracket for all the March Madness teams and to earn points for each pick you get right. Just head over to play.runyourpool.com slash stay hot to enter your picks when the bracket launches on March 13th. Again, that's play.runyourpool.com slash stay hot to enter your picks when the bracket launches on March 13th. Run Your Pool, the home of competition. Another one I'll say is, and this is something I've hinted at, but... I don't think that Paris Johnson Jr. I mean, he's offensive tackle one off the board in like most of the mocks I see and in most of the like big boards that I see. And I really think he needs time. Like, I really don't think he's going to step into the league and be like a good left tackle right away at all. I think he's actually going to be pretty bad, like right off the bat. I And it makes sense because he's a true junior who played left tackle for one mm-hmm. year at Ohio State. It's not like he was this stalwart, but he's he's not very strong. When, and his punch is bad. So he's letting people into his frame, and he also doesn't really have the functional strength to not have that not be a big deal. Like, when it happens, he can he can get walked back. And what I like about him right now is he's kind of bendy and flexible, and he can kind of contort his body and shift himself and buy some extra time just because he's, like, able to kind of throw himself and, and block someone's path or get in someone's way. So... I like that about him, but overall, he's he's not super technically refined. Doesn't create much dipl- displacement in the run game, and he he's long, but he doesn't play long because he's not getting into people's frames, right? And if you're not in, if they're in your frame, it doesn't matter how long your arms are. You're getting bull rushed. <laughs> so, so with the thing with Paris Johnson, I know I know that Ohio State had a good uh, pass protection they this did. year and, and and all that, but. Um, I, I just don't think that he is I, like when I watch a top ten pick at, at tackle. I, I'm thinking like Charles Cross. That guy just hand placement. It was perfect. Like every right. single time. Like it was textbook. He'd get his hands in the frame, like on the bicep and an opposite peck, and then drop his anchor and just stop him. He was consistent. It happened over and over and over again. Iki Aquanu was like 
had this mixtape of the craziest pancakes you'll ever see. Like, just run around multiple times a game, just running guys over, throwing them out of the club, just just steamrolling guys. And Evan Neal was six foot seven and number one on Feldman's freak lists or something like that and played at <laughs> Bama and didn't give up any pressures or anything like that. And then you look at Paris Johnson Jr. And it's like, this, this guy is a top 10. Like those are kind of what top 10 picks look like. This is not what a top 10 pick looks like to me. Um, so I am low on him. I would say I'm low on Roderick Jones, but a little bit as well for similar reasons where like his, he lets guys into his frame. He doesn't, play as long as he is because of these technical issues but i like him a little bit more because i think he's got more functional strength and i like but my favorite in the class is is anton harrison like pretty pretty comfortably to me so that that i guess is my hot where take you, on the where where do you stand on uh skaronsky right now skaronsky i think is gonna be fine um i know his arms are short and i, I don't think that I don't know if he's going to be like this dominant left tackle when you've got all these guys with like ideal length, like ideal size, but yeah. I might have Skaronsky ahead of Johnson jr. And maybe even Jones. Um, I'm still working, I guess on my exact report on him, but I, I really like Anton Harrison and like, I very comfortably have him above like Paris Johnson jr. I would say like okay. that, that, that I guess is my hot tackle take and my first impressions of this class. You do. I, I like Harrison. I I've come around on Harrison. Come around. You um, always liked him. <laughs> I'm saying like, cause originally I, you know, I was on my Ohio state kick. And I'm like, Oh, it's both the Ohio state tackles and it's, and it's JSN and it's, Natural. it's only, it's like, but you know, I started watching, I, I watched Skaronsky. I'm like, honestly, Skaronsky better than Paris Johnson. And then I watched Anton Harrison and I'm like, honestly, I guess I- <laughs> he's just so good. He's really good. Like Anton Harrison, he's played the entire year, 20 years old. He just turned 20. And like his feet are good, his hands are good, his punch. He's like just as long. He's huge. He's gonna like three hundred fifteen pounds. And not be able and to buy a drink. Like six foot. <laughs> well, he's twenty one now, but he he played the whole last season. No. Age twenty, just turned twenty one. I should. I think I just said he just turned twenty. He just turned twenty one. And uh, he's smart. Like he always passes off games. He always passes off stunts. He he's pretty fluid. Like he flips his hips and and can recover when he's beaten. I I'd like to see him stop lunging. And, and sometimes I think he stops his feet in the run game and there's not like that mixtape of pancakes that Aquanu had, for example. But like, damn, the guy checks pretty much all the boxes to me. I guess my question yeah. for you then, Theo, is like, I know you're lower on Dwan Jones too. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but. Well, I haven't watched too much Jones yet. I watched mostly Paris when I watched Ohio State. Jones, I guess I wouldn't say I'm like especially. Well, if you do end up being like that, I mean, Ohio State's pass protection was was unreal this year. I mean, it was unbelievable the number of plays they had where he was. They were just sitting in the pocket and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And it shows up on the Stroud tape when you watch it. So my question is, if you're lower on those two guys, how exactly did that happen? I guess my my. Retort would be, I mean, I still have like a second round grade on Paris Johnson, Fair right? Enough. I just see him mo- mock to the Jets or the Titans at 11. And it's like, I don't know about that. But if you can get, if him and Jones are, you know, day two picks and, you know, you're in the Big Ten, like that's probably enough to be, and your coach in your Ohio State and Stroud has pretty good pocket movement and is getting the ball out fast. And, you know, it, it it's definitely enough to be pretty damn good, right? So... I guess that's probably my initial take on it is like, I don't think that he's trash. Like he was getting beat over and over and over again. I just don't know if he quite 
I just think he's a bit raw still, and it makes sense considering, you know, he only started a year yeah. at left tackle. So. I, most most offensive linemen do take time to get... Tackle's a tough like, one. To, to flip that... Ta- tackle's tough, too. But, like, I like even guard, like, Wyatt Teller was bad for, like, three years, right? Um, it, 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 it's a pretty frequent thing for, like, offensive linemen to take a few years, especially if, you know... You're like Parishon, you've only played the position for a single season. Yeah, I'd like a maybe a a chart if one exists of how long it takes on average, maybe first Pro Bowl or first season, I know, maybe A V on approximate value on sports yeah. reference, like how long it takes them to get their first double digit season there or first Pro Bowl. Like how long does it take these different positions to usually get there? Because I know tight ends take forever. Like there's never any good young <laughs> tight ends. Um like first year tight ends. And right. um so I'd be wondering exactly what position tends to be good the fastest. I would assume running back is obviously gonna be at the top. And and tight ends probably, probably is usually pretty low, but I there were so many good ones like, this year that like I don't know if that's like, true. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and even the year before, Sertan right. and Horn and, were pretty much uh, yeah good out the gate. Although I guess Horn was hurt most of the year, but he's been good since he stepped on the field. Yeah, he was good his first year as a starter, I and mean, he was good in like those two games <laughs> that that he played his rookie year. Right, and then Trayvon Diggs was terrible his uh, rookie let, year. Yeah, but then the year after, he led the league in interceptions. Yeah, Jair good right away for the Packers, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whoa, no. exactly. That would be interesting. That would be interesting to look into. I might. I'm I might sure someone is. I'm sure someone's looked into it. But if they some, haven't, I, I would. If they haven't, then I'm doing a lot of math, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. What I'm do you think? Have? If we're talking about corners, um, Devon Witherspoon is like head and shoulders, probably over the rest of this from. If you want to talk about cornerback mentality, Theo, you you bring that up a lot. Witherspoon has it. I I think, I think he's got that dog in him. That that man looks like just a bat out of hell when he's playing. He has pretty strong ball skills. He's flying all around the field, getting in people's faces. Super aggressive. He's gonna he's gonna be the guy where it's like Matt. Do you remember that uh, Denzel Ward hit against yes, Maryland? That. Devon Witherspoon will do I've seen, shit like I've that. seen a few <laughs> plays where he really gets at it in the in the run game. Uh, I haven't watched any of him outside of, you know, people post clips on Twitter, obviously, since he's so highly regarded. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, it, I, I think he's really good. The only other guy that I, th- I, I think, like, Gonzalez is going to be probably regarded for uh, having really good long speed, I think. And then... Uh, Hodges Tomlinson, I think, is going to get a, a lot of looks. But the problem with that? him... Wait, wait, which one is he again? Uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson uh, out of... Um, shit, where did Case, he... Is he the K-State guy that did so well at the Combine? I The corners are a total blind spot for me right now. That's the two <laughs> I hate corners. I just... I, <laughs> it's, it, no, it's... it's um, just it's it's Tomlinson. TCU guy, right? Yeah, T- he's TCU corner. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure his uncle is Ladanian Tomlinson. Okay. But the problem, I think I the problem him getting with, hyped up last year, now that you say that, I think people were like, oh, yeah, this guy. Really? Yeah. I think I remember him getting he, hyped up. I mean, up he's last pretty year. good. I, I haven't seen him do a lot of press coverage. 
Hodges, um, uh, it, he's like five he, nine. Yeah, and that's why. Dude, I, like, think he's, he's, I think he's a, he a he lines up like guy. five yards off. Yeah, at least no, he's always really? outside. He's always I think outside. That's a, a tough life to live, but hey, I that mean, I, I was, I was, not to be the case <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> he he always lines up outside, and he's pretty successful. He has like the most. He has one of the highest man coverage rates in college football. Okay, maybe I'm a hater. Um, and there's there's uh, what game was I watching earlier where it was a uh, versus Oklahoma, and every single and it's like every other play the opposite corners getting beat, and then the next possession they have him flipped to the other side of the field because <laughs> they're just like, well, at least this guy won't get cooked this time. But so he's he's good at just like hanging in man coverage off, but I I've yet to see him line up and press man. And I don't see him making a lot of like physical plays in the run game or like he's not quick to shed off blocks, but he's, he's, he's a he's five nine. He's like one seventy five. All right. He's not big. Yeah. One thing that I think, so. I don't think that the bills are going to draft a running back like at all. No, <laughs> they took one in the second round <laughs> last year, dude, James cook. And he was efficient. And I know that the, that the, you know, that the Josh Allen running game was takes a lot of pressure off running backs because you know, you and you can option and, and do all these things like the defense has to respect it, play a little bit more reserved and that helps. But I think he was, he would have ended up very high in football outsiders, DYAR stats. If he would have qualified, um, he didn't quite have enough carries. Like I, I think there was enough, you, you kind of put it together towards the end of the year, the bills uh, rushing offense, which we talked about a couple of times, didn't really shine through in the playoffs, but towards the end of the regular season, they started to find some answers there. And I just don't think they're going to go two years in a row and say like, we're going to give a second round and a first round pick on our running backs, especially when the running offense will be okay just because they have Josh Allen. Like, cause they'll look at their numbers. They'll look at the EPA per play and the efficiency and whatnot and see we were a pretty damn good running team at the end of the day. Like maybe you'd like to be able to hand it off. And I think they should, that'll help in the playoffs. If you can just hand it off and be a, a good team, but I, and maybe this is a, an overall take. I don't buy the Bajon Robinson first round take. I, 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 I like him, but I just feel like teams have learned their lesson. I, yeah. I really do. I get it. Like Najee Harris went in round one, um, and, and everything And the Steelers probably regret that. Like is Najee was fine towards the end of the year. Like he definitely got better, but like, do you think they, they probably could have picked a different guy and not a running back like it it's just not worked and pacheco just won the super bowl and he's a seventh round guy i just feel like teams there's just too much evidence you'd have to be an pretty out of the loop like well, analytically to take a running back people are like oh Deshaun, he might go top 10 like no he, who is making that mistake post gettleman and post saquon Saquon was the best rushing back, like running back in college that probably has been coming out in the last 10 years. And he went two and like he didn't him, even, he, he's not going to get a second contract with the team that drafted him. So yeah, I, I just don't think that teams, I think that it's going to be a while until we see that again. And maybe if the dolphins had a first round pick, maybe something like that, but I just don't see the spot where he lands Detroit. Minnesota. Even Jeff Wilson is good for Miami. Like, like they've had they've had decent look, 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 the uh, coming from the Shanahan tree. They're they're going to take a, a running back in the third round every single <laughs> year, but they're not spending the first on him. I think 
I agree with you. If Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall couldn't go around one, I think that's pretty telling because both those guys were yeah, Ballers Brees scored a touchdown like every single game in college. <laughs> you, you look at his <laughs> Iowa State film, and and I remember like watching some of the broadcast angles of him that I couldn't find on all twenty two, and they'd be like, "And this is his seventeenth game in a row with a with a rushing <laughs> touchdown," and he'd be yeah, long speed and vision and patience and contact balance and receiving. He had everything, and he went round two, and he was awesome. But he still went round two. Is like is. I know this is probably a hot take, but I prefer him over Bijan because I think he's got better long speed and explosiveness. I don't think that's a crazy take at all. I think Hall's a a really complete back. Um, I I would say that you're... I I don't disagree with the take. Like No team should do it, and I feel really strongly about that. However, that does not mean that no team will. There are dummies out there, you know, and it's like, yeah, the last two guys picked in the first round were what? Like Najee from a team that is still maybe kind of they have like a bell cow mindset and then uh, Urban Meyer and him taking Travis Etienne because he right. had a bunch of yards against he's him Urban, in a playoff game Meyer. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that. Yeah. OK, but it, it doesn't mean that nobody is going to gonna do it i mean even smart teams like the chiefs clyde edwards hilaire was a first round draft pick you that's know that's right he was which yeah. is just crazy that that and happened. sometimes it's just how the board falls like remember the cowboys last year jerry jones like accidentally like flashed his big board at the reporters and people could like zoom in and he only had like 19 first round picks mm-hmm. on there or 19 guys like really were the first round pick. And that was in a, a better draft class than this. If you're picking 31 and you've got 15 first round picks and Bijan is one of them. And you're like this, I know, <laughs> I know all the stats mm-hmm. and I know the exactly. analytics, but if I, but if I take him, he's going to be fine. Cause he's a running back and he's going to be in the rookie of the year conversation. Cause he's going to be fantasy RB five. And I'm not getting fired for that. Like, no one is pointing to that pick and saying, like, yeah, he messed that up. Direct, Like, he directly screwed that up. There might be a fringe of people out there who say, like, he messed that up because it was a running back. I don't care what number he puts up. And those people, I don't even right. necessarily disagree with those people. But taking him, if you know he can be productive, gets you another year to take someone else. And if there's no one there, like, that's the logic to taking Robinson – but I just don't think like the teams that need a running back are quite sh- in that mindset. Like it's the Lions and it's maybe the Vikings that they move off. The Bengals, I and think the Vikings won't likely. do it in the Bills. But again, the Bills just took a running back. Like they just took one. If they didn't take Cook last year, round I think it was two. It was definitely day two. Yeah, um, two. I just don't think I, they're going to do even, that. Even 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 the Bengals, like Samaj P. Ryan was pretty good this year, and he's they're, they're not decent blocker. Samaj P. Ryan, yeah. So as I said Bengals I mean, earlier. Yeah, they totally yeah, could. I guess you I could, could be totally, right. I didn't and that's think about a team that. where you can't really lock down what their biggest need is. What what are they going to take? They're going offensive we'll line even more. They could. Their fans would actually kill them, though. <laughs> if they took a running back, they would. They'd be so mad. I think well, Mixon is so. mega gone. Oh yeah, but yeah, I think they still would be super mad because it's like we need Mixon is like a talented back, and he 
couldn't do anything behind that offensive line. So what is Robinson going to do to help us? Which is probably a valid thing to question to ask. So, <laughs> but you're yeah, right you that they don't have they, like they need off <laughs> if all the tackles are gone. But even then, I'd probably it would be a very bad. Pick. Like if Darnell Wright was still there or Jones from Ohio State or you know maybe Anton Harrison is there. I think he's going to rise up draft boards as more people watch the tape. He will. We did that mock with. Uh with walk the mock and Anton Harrison fell really far um, that I ended up taking him at 21. I don't think that's him falling really far at this point, but I think that that's like, I don't think he's like a lock top 15 pick at this point, but I think like he could maybe be after the combine. Yeah, we'll see. Um, trying to think what I, else. I'm, I, that's all I've got. That all I had written down is already said, I don't know if you guys have anything more. I really think the Colts are going to trade up to one. And I, I do think they're going to take young because I think they are definitely all getting fired if they don't have a quarterback. Plus that's all this class is going to be judged by is their quarterback. It doesn't matter. Like every other pick could bust, but if their quarterback is good, it does like this is a successful draft. So you might, you could trade the rest of your draft to pick one. <laughs> And it wouldn't matter because it doesn't matter because he's the only guy that people are going to care about. So who cares if you're giving up picks to move up? They don't. No one's going to care about those picks. They only care about this guy. And if you like Young yeah. more than Richardson, or if you like Richardson more than Young, or you like Stroud more than anybody, like whoever your number one guy is, you might as well just take him because it's the only thing that matters. It, it doesn't matter. Who cares if if everyone else does or doesn't work out? So I, I definitely think that they're going to trade up. They've been on this quarterback carousel for such a long time. I mean, there's a real chance someone else trades up with Chicago if they don't, and then it goes quarterback, quarterback, you know, Arizona, who knows what happens. And then you're getting your third choice, maybe your fourth choice. Like, they just can't. That's just not a reality they can live in because, you know, since Luck retired, it's been this constant revolving door. Same thing with the Panthers, too, because what did, what did Reich say today? Like, I've learned the value of... <laughs> Yeah, and that's why yeah, I like he, he's he learned the lesson. We don't have to go through this crap again. He knows. <laughs> yeah, he knows. No so like, Carson wins for you, Frank Reich. No, you're taking a damn quarterback. Yeah, yeah I agree. The Panthers just have to get a quarterback. And the rest of this yeah. draft class is not that good. So if you're trading away like the second and the third to move up, dude, I don't hey, care. Exactly. Like, who cares? You, who are you missing out on? It's it's it's. It's not right. like it's not like this is some amazing class of like a bunch of guys that I love. So, yeah, trade up, get one of the guys you do like, and um, I think I think that we're going to see the Panthers and the Colts trade up. I really do because I wouldn't gotta. be surprised to see that Arizona pick. So <sighs> I think the Pan- I think the Cardinals like they're, but who knows with Carter, right? Because if you don't like Carter, then it's like, well, maybe I don't care about taking Anderson number three. Like I can trade out and miss out on Anderson because Carter is the only guy in this class that I think is like in that tier one of prospect. I think Anderson does get a little bit overrated. Maybe that's a hot take. And I still think he's edge one, but if if you got, but if you got Tyree Wilson at like what, nine or 10, you could probably live with that. I would be able to trade up than it is for, than it is for the Panthers. I think it's it going to cost a first-round yeah. pick for the Panthers to move into the top three. An extra one, I mean. The problem well, is, is that, like... With, like, at five. Maybe they could trade up to five, because... 
is it going to go quarterback, 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 quarterback? That's what I was saying. I don't know. It's a tough one. Well, this this is this is too much. Maybe talking into the future when we kind of need things to shake out a little bit more. Yeah, but I'd rather trade the first round pick and get the guy we'd really like because I really cannot do it anymore, man. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. It's unbelievable. It's so funny because you, Darnold, can, you, can, you can have my quarterback. Darnold man. perfectly fits Reich's mold. <laughs> See, of like tall, it, it, great. He, he can start the first five. four games before inevitably <laughs> throwing a 75-yard game fluid. with 30% completion percentage and an interception. People start chanting for you know Richardson, <laughs> Richardson, and then he comes in and then it's perfect. And just like Cam Newton. Just, just, just like, like Baker Cam Newton. Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have any just other like takes? Just like Baker Mayfield. I really feel strongly about. I like Tyree. I like Nolan Smith. You guys, people know this. Yeah, you know we know we know about that. You it's like a good uh, edge rusher Eka. class. There's some intriguing guys for sure. There's a lot that just try to. There's a lot who are not complete. I would say that's what's nice about Anderson is he's a complete player. Like he's good at everything pretty much, but he doesn't have. Right. I don't think he's elite at anything. Like he doesn't have elites. He doesn't have great size. He doesn't have like elite, elite bend. He doesn't have like this crazy bag of pass rushing moves. He, he's good though. Like he plays with good technique and he can convert speed to power and he's got a good first step and he's smart. Like he diagnoses things in a flash. So like he's good. He's, he's definitely edge of one, but like when people are like, oh man, Will Anderson, he, it'll be a while till we yeah. see an edge rusher like him. Like, no, it won't. <laughs> like, respectively, no, it won't. It, we will see a, a Will Anderson tier player like next year or the year after for the edge. It's right. also been such a bad edge yeah. group like these last two years are. Like, I, I think he's maybe better than Thibodeau or Hutchinson, but it's, it's since Chase Young, there hasn't been like any of those, like, oh my God type I of edge rushers, in my opinion. I, I, I guess that's fair. I, I think the the only other thing I would maybe have to say is that like I think there's just a lot of good Bama, there's just so many good Bama players. I feel like this I is think. a weaker year for Bama. It's just it's basically just young and, and and yet there's there's young, there's Gibbs, there's Anderson. I think Byron Young on their defensive line is pretty decent. There's um uh Branch cuz there'll be years where like two of their linemen, their whole receiving core and like four of their defenders <laughs> I guess, I guess are, that's are like fair. all first rounders. And now it's like, I guess that's young fair. is good. Anderson is good. Branch is, I think he's good, but he's pretty like, he's not on, I think Mel Kuyper didn't have him in the first round of his mock. So it's not like he's a consensus first rounder. Yeah. But it's really just the two who are like consensus first rounders, it seems like, which I don't I think this is the weakest band I've ever seen, to be honest with you. From from this from the from the perspective of first rounders. But I think like compared like if you look that's like you said Kuiper doesn't have branch in his first round. I think that's a mistake. I think Branch is a fantastic player. I I think uh Byron Young is going to be, you know, one of those guys that goes in day two and ends up being a pretty good defensive lineman uh, for a team. Uh, It's not, you know, it's not going to be a bunch of, you're not going to have Devontae and Waddle and uh, Evan Neal and and all those guys, but there's, there's still some dudes there. Bama still, Bama still has some dudes. Let them cook. Yeah, they, they always will. They always will. Always will. 
but I don't really have anything else. So, who are you most excited to see at the combine? Who are you? Who are you just jumping up and down with glee to watch run around in their <sighs> shorts and, and Smith. Top. <laughs> <laughs> Smith yeah, to see how he like... runs, and then maybe Richardson if he runs the forty. Richardson would be interesting. I'm kind of intrigued on uh, Mayer. I want to see how yeah, Mayer moves. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I can see that because Darnell he's Washington's the, another one. He's got to beat the bad yeah. athlete allegations, Mayer. I'm very interesting to interested to see Brian Brzee. He kind of feel like he's a no. To me, he is kind of in no man's land right now where it's like, I'm not totally sure if he's an elite athlete or not, or like he's a very, very fringe first round pick. I feel like the draft community as a whole is just kind of waiting to see what he does at the combine to determine his draft stock because no one knows what the hell to do with him <laughs> right now because all of his, you know, like he was really bad versus the run this year. He was too upright. He was getting blown off the ball. He wasn't super, super explosive or impactful really for Clemson, but he's supposed to like, you watch his high school tape and you're like, wow, this is the best high school tape ever. And then like his freshman in the beginning of his sophomore year was pretty okay. And even towards the end of this yeah. year, like his UNC game, he was kind of hooping off the edge and, and winning one-on-ones and being productive. So it's like, yeah, maybe, and this year he had a bunch of bad shit happen to him and he was coming from injury. So I, at least I kind of punted on him until like the, the stock after the combine. And I, so I've, I think the NFL community as a whole has kind of done that as well with him. So he's, he's someone that I'm really interested to see if he like tests like an elite athlete or not a little bit farther removed from that injury. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe Hodges Tomlinson might be another and guy. And JSN. I, I, I just want to know. JSN. Oh, J- <laughs> I forgot. Scott, I you have to know. know. He'll be fine. He's probably been training he'll combine be fine. stuff. I am mad. I think he'll run a little bit I hope he runs like a 4.4. <laughs> that would be, be so, so funny. Be crazy, crazy, man. <laughs> Good. He's wide receiver one. I don't care if he runs I, a 5 I kind, of, I kind of think he could. Like, if all you train since that injury is speed... If you've been training specifically to come back and run this 40, <laughs> it's not, it's not unthinkable. It's re- like, I don't, it's I been don't care what? what he runs. Almost like, I really don't. Cause I know that he's, slow. I know we've, we've <laughs> seen the tape. Like we, we, we've, we've watched it. So like, we know, like I've seen him run an open field and get hawked, but <laughs> like, I just want to know. I, I want to know how slow, how fast a slow player can run the 40, like hypothetically. Like, can he, can he really, can, yeah. if he runs it in the 4.4s, I'll know, like, okay, so I can't, I can't trust any of these times. I still think he's very good, but he's just, he just like, undis- <laughs> he just is slow. Yeah. Like, that's just the way it goes. But Jarvis Landry is, is slow, and so is. Yeah, he had a good career. Good career. Okay. Keenan Allen. So. Keenan Allen. But, yeah. I don't really have anything else, so I think we can get on out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It's been an absolute blast shooting the shit with my boys. And as always, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we hope Theo has a wonderful vacation. We hope Matt's house gets fixed very soon. And <laughs> You're never getting that house back, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not. And until next time, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. <laughs>